It is us again, Doable Discipleship, brought to you by the Spiritual Maturity Team here at Saddleback Church. My name's Doug Jones, and sitting over here, I'm not going to let you say your name this time, it's Jason Whelan. Darn! I was prepared this time, too. I wasn't going to make that awkward pause. I was going to jump right in, and you tricked me. The stealer. What are you drinking? I'm drinking... It has a good smell to it. Vitamin water. I would tip it to the camera, but... Then it would go all Physics over your nose. Physics will cause it to do bad things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's vitamin water okay, with no ice good. so that people don't have to listen to my incessant clinkity, clinkity, clinkity clunk, of clunk, ice. Clunk, I got ice. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. And a white cup so we don't endorse any brands, but you just made me say vitamin water, so it kind of already happened. Oh, yeah, that is like a brand, isn't Basically it? Basically, it's well, a, or a subsidiary brand. I don't know. <clears throat> Anywho. Yeah. What do you have to tell us? All right. Hey, hey guys, uh, we're back. Uh, um, if you... Uh, so this is the second half of what we were talking about um, last week. Last week we talked about the uh, seven facts of spiritual growth. True. And um, so th- uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, pitfalls of spiritual growth. Um, but we do have a couple of cool announcements to start off with. If you listened or watched last week's, you're going to recognize these, but you're going to be like, hey, they talked about the opposite because we're cool like that. We switched it up. So I get to talk about um, Alexa. Um, I don't know how many of you use Amazon. Probably most of you. Your um, name was Alicia. My wife's name is Alicia. That's true. I didn't. Oh, different. Per- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Different a word. Different. I'm not gonna. Go- okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> artificial intelligence. <laughs> there we go. Rather than yeah, that that's personal right. intelligence. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Alexa. Many of you probably know by now that there are these devices that you can have around your house where you just say, "Hey, Alexa." Um, I want to listen to this, or I play this, or I want to buy this, and uh, and Alexa can do that for you. And yeah, now, also, if you want someone listening in all the time, and uh, Big Brother always watching, that's yeah. a great way to do it. Is get one of those. Yeah, eventually you'll be able to ask Alexa to open the pod bay doors. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Anyway, um, but now you can even ask Alexa to listen to Doable Discipleship or to play it for you. All you got to do is say Alexa. Enable doable discipleship. And you got to say it like that. And then you say, play the latest show. Those are important key phrases. It's like, you know, it's like a, 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 I don't know what it's like, but it's, (laughs) but the, but the, but the key is you got to use those words in that. You're good at this. Thank you. In that order. And, um, and then it'll start playing our latest episode for you. So if you're around the house um, or like, you know, you're in the middle of something, your hands are being used, you can't get to the computer or you're whatever. You're washing the dishes, you're brushing your teeth, exactly. you're making the bed, you're exactly. feeding your kids. Or, yeah, you're-, you're holding all four of your children in your arms. You can just say, Alexa, enable doable discipleship. Play the latest show. And in the midst and, of that chaos. And there we are. And you can learn about spiritual growth. Jathan, Jason, Jason, <laughs> Jason's soothing, sultry voice will calm you down. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. I'm creeped out. Can do a whole episode like this. Next up, we want to hear from you, listeners, viewers. You hear from us all the time. We want to hear you talk back to us. Therefore, we would love to hear some questions from you. A couple ways you can do that. If you're a YouTube viewer, we would like you to write a question down in the comment section, just a question that you might like us to tackle on the show. We're not going to answer it in the comment section because the whole point is to collect questions from you so we can do an episode on them in the future. We would love to create some episodes that are direct responses to the stuff you have asked for. So it's not just us always saying what we think you need to hear or what we would like to say. It's us saying to you what you want to hear the stuff that you're struggling with, the questions that you've been wrestling with. Uh, that could be theological questions, Bible questions, 
existential questions, relationship questions, spiritual preferably questions. questions related to the context of the show. Yeah, don't ask us like <laughs> it's not in response to anything that we've received so far. I'm just saying, no, like, like let's let, like what brand of eggs you buy or something like that. Yeah, like, or like, what brand of deodorant Doug's now using. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep it relevant to discipleship. You know, so great. it should revolve around the Bible, some, something that has to do with with uh, God's word and applying it to your life and that kind of stuff. But we would love to tackle those questions. So uh, once again, if you're watching on YouTube, put it in the comment section. You guys are welcome to comment on each other's questions. That's all fine. Uh, but we probably won't chime in until we actually do an episode on those. Uh, so do that. Uh, or if you're a podcast listener, as actually most of you are, um, then just send us an email, maturity at saddleback.com. I know how podcasts work because I listen to them all the time, so I know you can pause this <laughs> and quickly swipe over to another app, your email app, and just shoot us a question. Preferably not while you're driving. Your mind. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. We don't want to endorse that. Yeah. Absolutely not. Don't do that. Pull over. <laughs> uh, but send us a question. What are you thinking about? What did your coworker ask you that stumped you or whatever? Send us a question. We'd love to tackle those on a future episode. It'll be, be a fun. lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and this is our chance to find out is anyone really out there? Are you listening? Because <laughs> <laughs> we want to have a two-way conversation with you, not just us always talking. Anywho, uh, last week we talked about seven facts of spiritual maturity that you need to know. Yep. This time we're talking about six hazards that will screw up your spiritual growth if you let them. Uh, interesting that it's oh. six things. You know, seven the number of completion, perfection, oh, six. Okay, kind of I didn't the, know uh, where you're going with this. Our notes say seven hazards, so I got yeah, confused. Okay. I, I only learned to count like a day ago, so I'm still well, sorting it's out that, the details. It's that whole not being a spiritual baby I don't anymore. know how to growing. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about seven things. The first one, uh, it, okay, we're, I know we're kind of grinding gears here and changing, <laughs> changing pace here we go. very rapidly. All right, into serious content here. Uh, but the first one, so if, if, you th- if, if we're laying out the things that we know will be hindrances on your spiritual growth journey. The first one that must be stated, uh, arguably the most insidious and damaging one of them all. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're saying it first. <laughs> Forget all the laws really about how to create into, a story arc. Or yeah. like that. We're just saying it right out of the front because it's actually at the root of so many other problems. But the first one is the issue of pride. Yeah, You can't grow if you're proud, if you're mm-hmm. arrogant. Mm-hmm. What's pride? How do you define it? It's a great uh, great question that I wasn't prepared to answer, but here we go. Um, pride. <laughs> you should always be prepared to answer that Well, question. I wasn't. I was thinking ahead. Being anyway. as prideful as you are. Yeah, I, I, I know. It should just come naturally. Um, so as we're talking about pride, what we're talking about is this idea that, you know, I can do this on my own, that I don't need, some, you know, it's, it's I am basically, I am my own, um, I am my own person in the sense that I don't need anything else to A, tell me what to do, to B, tell me how to do it or whatever. It's this idea that it's it's a self-focus. It's literally just being self-focused, which is the complete opposite of everything we talked about last week. Yeah, this this is the thing. The thing about pride is that it, it really takes us all the way back to like the initial fall. You can go all the way back to Genesis. Take it all the way back as we always do. We gotta do a series on them. We will get there we'll, we'll as often it. as we go back to Genesis. Uh, we got because it's the start of everything. Anyway, uh, pride is like in, in my mind, pride is the is the definitive sin issue. Yeah. Like it's the sin that lies at the root of every sin because it's the decision to make the self the priority rather than the other the priority, and ultimately, the the desire to centralize the self 
instead of centralizing God, our creator. This is a huge problem throughout history, obviously going all the way back to the very beginning of mankind. Um, But we find that it is ha- it has in no way diminished with time. In fact, <laughs> no, it, it seems to be... Gotten... People say it's getting worse, but I don't actually think that's the case. I think if you look at history, things have just been bad as long as human beings have been fallen. Human beings, things yeah. have been bad. They've just been bad in different ways. Totally. And we've had different tools to do bad with. Definitely. Um, but pride is this really insidious thing. And, and it, it's honestly, it's one of the... I wasn't sure if I'd have enough to say on this, but here it all goes. Well, y- yes. No. <laughs> anyway, pride. pride is a... Pride is the central problem because almost every other vice that you think of stems back to that. Um, well, pride is yeah. is sort of the the core of it because it's me saying I'm the most important mm-hmm. instead of you. It's me saying I'm the most important and my will is what matters most, not God's. That's ultimately what the fall was, a turning from God and a turning inward to the self. A, a, an arrogant person or a proud person, arrogance and pride are a little bit different, so I shouldn't couple those together too strongly, but a proud person is is like a black hole. It's it's something that uh, only a proud person only wants to please the self. Yeah. Uh, so all the arrows for a proud person point inward, mm-hmm. whereas with Christ, Christ came and all his arrows pointed outward. Yeah. His his whole his whole approach to life was to make other people his priority and to serve God. So it was arrow to God, arrow to others, not an arrow inward to the self. And that's a Gosh, and I could why, go on and on. And that's why it's literally, it's the complete opposite of the great commandment. It's exactly. literally, every element of the great commandment is the antithesis of pride. Right. If you reverse, if you take the bizarro version of the great commandment, and you flip, you, you create an inverse version of that, that's exactly what pride is. Wow. There, there you go. That's huge. Love myself with hey, all my heart. Hey, dude, like, Jason, we Jason Whelan, everybody. Go ahead and whack your microphone. Yeah, Smart. <laughs> it spins really nicely, though. <laughs> it does. We have new mic stands, and they're really... They just glide so easily. Anyway, that's yeah. that's a huge one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's the antithesis of the great commandment. Mm-hmm. It's love yourself yeah. with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. and love yourself as, as yourself. yourself. <laughs> so you can see the absurdity when you think about God's created order, and then you think about pride. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit within God's creation. That's why it just it wrecks us so much. But uh, there's something that I, I I've heard a few people say, but this is a powerful idea when it comes to our personal spiritual growth. Pride can't learn because pride already knows all. For the person who's proud, they don't think they have anything to learn. Therefore, they cannot learn. Mm-hmm. They, they, they think that they have all the knowledge they need to know. They think that they are all they need to be. They don't think they need to change. They think you need to, to accept them. And so there's this, if, if we all just look at ourselves and we all demand to be whatever we choose to be and to do whatever we choose to do, the entire created order breaks down. And so this pride issue is huge. You can't grow if you possess too much pride. We've all got pride. uh, But if we don't work to subdue that crazy little pride monster that lives inside all of us, it will inhibit our growth because you can't learn if you think you know it all already. This is kind of fundamental. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about this for so long because it's all, you know, it's all really important stuff. Um, Anyway, yes. Yeah, so pride, it, it, it's 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 important that it's the first one to talk about because it's yeah, as Doug says, it's kind of it's a root thing that we were talking about. Um, our second thing that we wanted to hit on is this idea of complacency and this idea of of if growth isn't a priority for you, it won't happen. Hmm. And and this focuses on this idea that you know we have so much going on hmm. in our lives. 
Um, that's just it's it's the way that we are right now is we keep super busy. Um, and sometimes it can be hard for this idea of, okay, I'll try to fit God in. I'll try to fit, you know, spiritual growth habits or whatever into my schedule instead of saying, no, this needs to be a priority because there's nothing more important in life than growing to know God better and love him with all my heart, soul, mind, strength. That yeah, is, is, is what we've been talking about. Yeah. And then in shifting everything else in your life around, right? It's this idea of of my job or my career is, the, is of the utmost importance to me. And then somewhere down there is my spiritual life. Yeah. So many people, at least at least at least that I've seen, and I think, you know, and I can understand this, place the idea of their spiritual <laughs> life just kind of way down in their list of, of, of priorities because it's not necessarily like it's in the hobby territory. And it's in the hobby territory. And I think a, a, I think a big part of it is because it because you don't see like achievable results a lot of the time. It's it's not this idea of Oh, look what I did, or whatever. Yeah. It's an it's an internal growth. I made it to level sixty two today <laughs> in my spiritual growth. <laughs> exactly. Um, but as we talked about last week, and if you didn't watch or listen to last week's one, go and do that because it's very important. Um, is is that is this idea that our spiritual growth is is not just something that we should be like, oh yeah. I'll get to that. It's something that needs to be a priority because it brings us closer to God. It helps us to love God better. It helps us to love others better. It helps us to love ourselves appropriately. It's just so key and fundamental in so many areas. And ultimately, we are called, as Doug said last week, to become like Jesus, to become Mm -hmm. like Christ. We can't do that if we're not giving it the time of day. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's like we were talking about a second ago with the pride issue. It comes down to what's in the middle. Like, Mm -hmm. do you see your spiritual growth as something that kind of revolves around the periphery of your life that's sort of like, that's kind of on the outer orbit? Or do you see it as the center that everything else is meant to revolve around? Because really, we're called to to have lives that are fully surrendered to God. And it, and that means that God is the center and everything else revolves around Him. Yep. But what it's, what's tempting to do, because everything else is so temporal, it's so right here, it's so f- concrete, and, and it, it's so easy for those things to captivate our attention and our time, we end up pushing God out to those sort of outer extremities, like we said, the hobby territory or on the, on the outskirts, where the place he really deserves is right there at the center. That everything ought yeah. to be situated around him rather than trying to fit him in to the life that you've already situated for yourself. I think the underlying thing here that we're talking about is this idea of our identity. What, what How are we identifying ourselves? Are we? Are, is, when you think about yourself, like I, I think uh, of Jason— what do I think of? Am I thinking about my job? Am I thinking about my wealth? Am I thinking about all this, you know, this, this, that, that, that? Yeah. Or am I thinking about myself as a child of God? What is first? And, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot with my wife in recent is this idea that, you know, as kids were asked, oh, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hmm. And so it, it sets in this idea, this mindset that who you are is your job title. Yeah. or whatever and that's and that's who you are yeah. and instead of instead of like what do you want to be when you grow up i want to be uh, you know kind patient fulfilled with joy i want to yeah. be you know have self control you know that kind of thing <clears throat> so yeah. i think it's it's it can be hard for us 
especially in this day and age, I think, to focus on the spiritual element and think yeah. about that as our core identity. That's uh, a powerful one, yeah. That's great. But it's, I think it's vital. Yeah, think about that. Ponder that question for a second. If, if we were to ask you out of the blue, who are you? What would your response to that be? Would it be, uh, like, like a lot of us, we think, well, uh, like in my case, husband, father, you know, son, brother, pastor, that kind mm. of thing. But uh, I think... I think what I'm hearing you say that I think is so powerful is that the pri- our primary identity has to do with who we are in relation to our creator and everything else is subsequent to that. Like that all yeah. comes way further down the list. Um, so it's a, it's a, it really is an identity question. Like, can we get to the place where we say that's, that's partly why I loved when we had uh, Johnny Baker on uh, yeah, who runs yeah, yeah. CR, you know, he introduces himself as a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. That's a, that is an identity-shaping statement. Mm-hmm. And and to think of yourself in those terms is a powerful, powerful thing. And if you think, this is not just something that I do, it is the very core of who I am, and everything else revolves around that, that that's, a, that's a really shaping, yeah. shaping idea. Good stuff. All right, on to the next one. This one is uh, pretty pragmatic, and uh, look, we're not pulling any punches here. The next one is laziness. Uh, if you're lazy, you're not going to grow spiritually. And it... And, I think an important uh, point here is that it's possible to be, you can be hardworking and studious in one area and lazy in another. Yes. Um, because one thing just gives you certain, like you could be a really diligent gamer, <laughs> but not a very diligent uh, worker. Or you could be a diligent worker, but not be a very diligent uh, student of the Bible or that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So it's possible to kind of be lazy in certain realms and not lazy in others, but laziness is really important. And this goes back to what we talked about last week and we've talked about in the past, this idea that spiritual growth should happen to me um, or that it's just something that's an automatic process that's just going to get started and you pretty much just set it and forget it. Um, but spiritual growth just doesn't work that way. You have to participate. Uh, the, the Bible, I, I used to teach students and, um, you know, when you're dealing with high school students, you, you need to tackle the issue of laziness from time to time. And I would uh, sometimes do you know, spend an entire weekend talking, you know, do a 30, 40 minute message just talking about laziness. And it's just, it's hilarious. If you read through the book of Proverbs, all, all the, uh, just all the passages on laziness and and just the, it paints some very hilarious pictures of excuse making. Like it says the lazy person says, I can't do this or that because if I go onto the street, I might be attacked by a lion. You know, it just (laughs) talks about the excuse making or that the lazy person. I use that excuse today. (laughs) (laughs) Sets his hand into a bowl and is too lazy to raise the food back to his mouth. There's just these funny pictures. But what we find is that God is, God is not on the side of laziness because laziness inhibits progress and you cannot grow if you are spiritually lazy. So if if you've never, some people struggle because they've never mastered a spiritual discipline or because there are things they don't know, there are skills that they need to learn. And that's why uh, within our church family, we're here to help you do that. That's why we have this show. But sometimes growth doesn't happen, not because you're not equipped, not because you don't have what you need, but simply because you're not doing the steps that you need to take. Um, and God has various ways of getting us moving uh, in in those regards, um, but I've always found that it's better for me to take initiative in growth than wait for God to prod me, <laughs> to goad you into <laughs> it. Yeah. He will likely begin to do that at some point because God says He disciplines the ones that He loves. But I've I've found that in the periods of my life where I've gotten complacent about my faith or I've gotten lazy in my faith, something will happen that will push me and and sort of sort of. God will sometimes come in and jab us in a way 
that shocks us and drives us to raise our spiritual growth up on our priority list. But yeah, laziness is a big one. And I think on the same subject, it can be true as we talk about our call to balance the five purposes is we can be lazy in some purposes too. That's right. I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, I think it's possible to be able, you know, to say like, oh, I just want to keep reading, reading, learning, 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 and not want to share the good news right. and be like, ah, I'll, yeah. I'll get to that kind of thing. Um, you know, and in the past couple months is we've talked about all of the five purposes yeah. um, you know, and shared things that you can do, just easy steps to get started in that purpose. So um, I'd encourage you is if you, f- if you find that there's one purpose that you're like, I'm just so into and drawn towards that's great look at some of the other purposes and be like okay have i is there stuff i've been doing in that to to intentionally grow in that area no okay so what are some steps i can do to start growing in that area yeah and 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 this goes back to the idea of priority i mean there i have conversations all the time with people who are struggling to grow they're struggling with a discipline or they you know they feel like they're not hearing from god or xyz but one thing that I've found is that very often we uh, are not making progress, not because God is quiet or because God is distant or because God is uninterested or any of that stuff, but simply because we're not willing to do the things that are necessary. And I think if if you take a look at your life, some people will say, I'm too busy to read the Bible. I just don't have time for that. Or, I'm, I'm, yeah. or I don't have enough money to tithe. But those are all self-refuting statements because you have time that you spend daily on tons of stuff. I mean, if you broke down your schedule and how you spent your time every day, I guarantee you could find disposable time in there that could have been used for something that was of spiritual value rather than all your Netflix time or, you know, fill in the blank. But there is time. And one of the important values um, that I think is important for growth is that you always make time for whatever's most important to you. So if you're not spending time with God, it's probably not, if we're all being honest with each other, it's probably not because you don't have the time. It's probably because you just haven't made it a priority. Yeah, and like our team, the spiritual maturity team, and this church as a whole has really worked hard to to make things uh, to make growth content as accessible to everybody as possible. Yeah. So no matter, essentially, no matter what your schedule is, there is a way to hear the word, to uh, to, uh, to learn more about spiritual growth to mm-hmm. give, you know, yeah. to even to serve. There are things that you can do essentially no yeah. matter what your situation or circumstances yeah. are. Yeah, no excuses. And that's, no that goes excuses. for all of us. It goes for all yeah. of us because each, each of us has areas of laziness and areas where we just, things that come naturally to us that we gravitate to effortlessly and then other areas where it's like, yeah, I just got to make myself do that because I know it's important. So we all deal with this. I'm not pointing any fingers. Yeah. But first, trying to have some real talk here. These are the pitfalls. These real are the talk. things that will stand between you and growth. Onward. Onward. Um, okay, so next we're going to be talking about setting goals without systems. And basically what we're talking about here is this idea that, you know, if the goal of spiritual growth, of spiritual maturity is Christ-likeness, you can't just say, my goal is to become like Jesus Let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you need, like it, it, it requires a system, a way of thinking about, okay, how am I going to do this? Yeah, process. Um, it's, it's the idea that, you know, I'm not going to go out and say, hey, I'm going to go and run a marathon. 
I got this, you yeah, know, and just sign up and go do <laughs> and it. Just go do up. it. Uh, that that would, uh, especially in my case, would look pathetic. <laughs> I would love to be there for that. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. For your, I'm assuming just to encourage me on. Uh, yeah, and to record the entire thing. That's what I thought. Um, no, so, you know, it, it, it requires months of training, of prep work, of, yeah. of a routine, of discipline, all this stuff to get you in the proper shape to be able to accomplish that goal. Yeah. You know, so, so is this idea that we're talking about is, 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 is what are some steps, what is a pathway that I can, I can walk this journey of spiritual growth Mm-hmm. So that I'm growing to become more like Jesus, yeah. And that's why we have the class system. That's why our team has developed this idea of heart, soul, mind, strength in focusing in different sorts of classes and content in these areas to help help grow in these four areas. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a. It, you want to be able to look back and see how you've grown. That's a part of a system is to be able to measure your progress, to, you know, to look back over the course of a year and say, say, wow, I, I remember back where I was a year ago. And now I look how far I've, how I've come, how much I've grown. And mm-hmm. that's not to say that there's not times that we backtrack or backstep or whatever, but it's just this idea that I am moving forward. Like I, I know more than I did. I know what it means to serve more than I did a year ago. Yeah. I know what it means to share the good news in a way that I didn't a year ago. I'm not quite where I used to be. I'm not yeah. quite where I used to be. I like that. And yeah. um, having a system also helps with helps us to motivate ourselves. Is this idea that okay, there's things I can do. It's not as frightening or scary as yeah. I see the I see the I see the goal. Yeah. I don't quite that looks long. <laughs> a marathon, 26 yeah. miles or whatever. Ugh, I don't know. 26.2 I think. Something yeah, like that. Um it's more than I could do. And um <laughs> yeah, it, if you think about that it's gonna it's gonna be frightening. It's gonna scare you away. Yeah. But if you think about in training, it's not just thinking of twenty six miles. It's thinking of it in increments. It's it's yeah. taking one mile at a time. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think setting incremental goals is important too. And and having a process like that gives you, it 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 does motivate you and it does give you the ability to measure and you create sort of small victories along the way. Yeah. And I think those are worth celebrating. So if, if if your ultimate goal, let's say, is to run a marathon, well, maybe your first goal is to run a 5K and just run the whole time. Run an entire 5K. Uh, and then maybe from there you take it to a 10K. And then maybe from there you take it to a half marathon. And then maybe from there you finally make it up to that marathon level. And that could be over the course of a couple years that you're trying to get there. Because what's important is not necessarily how quickly you get there, but that you get there. Um, but I think that's a, a powerful part of the process is you're motivated by those small victories. When you when you run that first 5K, you're like, man, I am one tangible step closer to my ultimate goal of running that marathon. Um, so I think that's I think that's extremely powerful. You create incremental goals that get you in the direction where you want to go. It gives you the ability to measure. It's very helpful. So an example in the spiritual maturity world might be something like. I want to read through my Bible in a year. I was thinking the same example. But honestly, if you're just getting started Bible reading, that's not a very realistic goal. That's a long-term goal. So you might want to, if you don't have the habit of Bible reading yet, maybe the first thing you should do is just say, I'm going to read just one chapter a day for, say, a month. And once I've established that habit, and reading a chapter of the Bible will take you anywhere from three to, at the most, maybe 10 minutes for a longer chapter. Um 
And you start with that very small goal and you try to create the consistency that's needed for growth in that area. And then from there, you crank it up, you crank it up and you incrementally speed up. And then maybe two years in, you're ready to to go after that one-year Bible reading plan. But the point is, create those little victories along the way so you have markers. Because one thing I say is that, you know, when you're doing the spiritual life, it sometimes feels like you're just taking these tiny baby steps forward. And sometimes it feels like they're just not amounting to much. You know, you're like, I'm reading my Bible, I'm doing the thing, I'm praying. But sometimes you don't feel the progress because it's incremental, because it, it's it's like sitting there watching a, watching a tree grow, you know? <laughs> like, if you sit there and watch a tree grow, it seems like everything is frozen still except when the wind blows. But if you come back a year later, you walk away from it and come back, you realize, whoa, real significant mm-hmm. hot dog hallelujah. There you go. Serious growth has happened. Um, <laughs> you got anyway, it in there. I got it in there. I had to. Uh, listen to a few episodes back and get that one. Uh, but if you if you just, you know, when you're just living in the macro world, looking at something up close continuously, it feels very slow. Um, but if you create those steps along the way and then you give it some time and look back, you realize we really did get somewhere here. We really did cover some ground. And something that I feel like we do have to emphasize is we don't want to sacrifice quality for quantity um, in this. So like, you know, with what Doug was talking about with Bible reading, if your goal is to read the Bible in a year, it's not, I'm, I want to read the Bible as fast as I can in order to achieve this goal. What we're not talking about is like achievement in that sense, just to yeah. say I achieved this. What we're talking about is, is is setting a goal and then taking those steps needed to get there, yeah. but knowing that the goal is growth, yeah. not not a box check. So like, you know, with a marathon, it's not necessarily how fast can you run it, yeah. right? If you're going, because you don't want to sacrifice your health for speed, yeah, right. So just to, just something to keep that in mind. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, so we've said a lot on that, but that that was the point of setting goals without systems. Don't just set goals. Plot a course to get there. Yeah, very very important. The next one is huge. It's it's uh it's a major pitfall, and it's the it's the it's the major error of trying to do it on your own, trying to grow spiritually by yourself. That's a major problem. Nowhere in the Bible is that encouraged. Uh, we're told that growth happens in community. Jesus, when he ascended back to the Father, back up to heaven, the church was established when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, and things started changing very rapidly. The church was established. There was a community of believers, and that community of believers was tasked with helping one another grow, among many other things, obviously the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, but part of uh, the Great Commission is to make disciples, that we ought to be helping each other and training each other. Spiritual growth is not meant to happen in a vacuum. It is not a solitary Lone Ranger, Lone Ranger kind of experience. Now, of course, solitude can be a good spiritual discipline. Silence yes. and solitude can be a great reflective practice. But that's something that practice. But that's something that you do for a limited time. That you do in order to have set aside time with Jesus. It's not the normative way to grow as mm-hmm. as far as your day to day. This is why small groups are so important. Uh, this is why we have this Doable Discipleship podcast and YouTube shows, because we want to be with you. We want to connect with you. We want to help you. We want to we want to help guide you along this process. And we don't just grow from doing spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible and praying, but we also grow because of the influence of others in our lives. We can observe each other and say, that person is a little ahead of me in this area. I can learn from them in that regard. And so we actually, um, we sort of, uh, vault each other forward because we we help share the energy of growth that I have can help 
launched you forward and the energy of growth and the, the advanced, more advanced maturity that you have, you can reach back and yank me forward. So we all get to make forward progress together and as a community, and we do it in ways that we can never do on our own, right? It's like it's like that picture of like people climbing Everest all tethered together because yeah. they're sharing each other's strength. They're sharing the burden of progress. And um, I wouldn't want to do that alone. Uh, no. Hey. Or at all because I <laughs> think my fingers would that freeze off. That would be off. frightening, yeah. <laughs> and this is something that Pastor Rick talks about a ton, especially like um, – in weekend services and whatnot, yeah. um, is is not only does everybody need to be a part of a small group, but everybody needs to be a part of a church. Yeah, like you know, have a church family, and not just say I'm part of, I'm part of the big C church, you know, everything. Right. But you need to be a part of of, of your local church. Get yeah. be involved. That that's that's how you can balance, you know, in those five purposes and yeah. grow together. As everything Doug was saying. So Pastor Rick says, when a baby's born, the first thing that a baby needs is not food, it's not clothing or shelter. That baby needs a family mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Because if, if a child has a family, he or she will have all those other needs met. So the same is true of spiritual growth. That's why Jesus in John chapter 3 compares spiritual uh, life to a rebirth, to mm-hmm. being born again. Um, we become babies, and the first thing a baby needs is a family. That's why in class 101 here, the first step we tell people to take is to figure out what it means to be a part of this church family, because that's what you need to get started on your growth journey. So don't do it all on your own. Major pitfall, and you will inhibit your growth if you do that. Yes. Finally, go <laughs> Very ahead. Very firm. Okay, our, our final point that we're going to talk about today is, and I think it's a, a big one, especially in, in, uh, in today's day and age, is this idea of desiring the approval of others over the approval of God. Um, spiritual growth involves making choices that others might not be making. It's, it, it's, it's literally, it's choosing to follow the way of Jesus to, you know, as we talked about last week, to uh, remain faithful to his teaching. And sometimes that can go against maybe things that your friends believe or things yeah. that your family believes or things that culture says to believe or whatnot. It's it's literally, it's choosing the way of Jesus over the way of, of the world, literally. Yeah. And then, um, and, and the fact is, is the more... Is the more that you become like Jesus, the more you will begin to stick out in the world. As you continue in your spiritual growth, change will happen. The way that you live your life will change. It's something that we've talked about before is this idea of knowledge to character. Um, It's a progress that we make as we learn. And your character, the fundamental part of you, changes as you grow, as you live your life based on spiritual truth as opposed as opposed to you know the truths of the world mm. your character who you are will change right that's just that that's just a matter of fact and then you must be ready to live your life according to god's plan rather than your own or even um rather than the currents of culture and it's and and what this is talking about and that's so vital is this idea of surrender of i'm going to surrender my view of the world or i i i am going to surrender the baggage that i am bringing into this you know rebirth if you will and say lord i want to learn 
what it is that you say, what is what is the is the truth. And sometimes that can be different than what we had thought before. It can be different than what, as I said, our friends and family think or what the world is telling you to think. <clears throat> but yeah. instead, it's going to the Bible and say, Lord, this is your word. This is what you say. I want this to be what I focus my life on. I want this to be what I consider truth. I want yeah. this to be how I view the world. Yeah. Um, so what do you say? And I want to follow that. Yeah. This gets into like the, 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 the New Testament idea that the things of the spirit sound like foolishness to people mm-hmm. who have the flesh, that people who don't walk with Christ and don't have the Holy Spirit inside them sometimes just can't fathom why we think the way we think yeah. or do the things that we do. Tithing is an excellent example. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell your friend at work who doesn't know Jesus that you give 10% of your money and you set that aside for God, they go, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. 10%? Why would you do that? Do you know how much chunk. that is? I don't give 10% of anything to anyone <laughs> except to the government that takes it by force. You yeah. know? <laughs> like they, that is a foreign notion to a lot of people. They can't get their head around this idea that, well, it has to do with who is king in my life, or it has to do with uh, who I love more, myself or God, has nothing to do with my desire to support the work that God's doing in the local church, and it it enables my participation in, in His kingdom work. They can't get their head around those spiritual truths because they don't see things from the same spiritual angle, angle that you see them from. And so it's this is the at some point along your spiritual journey or or at many points along your spiritual journey you'll find your values and your mindsets diverging more and more from the people around you mm-hmm. the people who are close to you um you'll find yourself aligning more and more with Christ but the the reality is you cannot align yourself more with Christ and the culture and practices and habits the customs of the world simultaneously you'll have to pick one or the other and if as long as you want to hang on to um, your old ways or the ways of the world and hold on to Jesus, the, the greater that tension has become. And at some point, you're going to have to let go of one. You will either let go of Jesus to, to do whatever the world says is right, or you'll let go of the world so you can follow Jesus and do what is right. And that's the pitfall that we're talking about. Yeah. That's the pitfall is 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 people who who start their journey with God, who are like, yes, I'm so excited in this, you know about this. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to know God more, all this stuff. And then they realize, oh wait, but but my friends believe this. Um, well, I don't want them to think I'm against them or I'm weird or, or, I'm, some or I'm wrong, religious goofball, or, or yeah, or whatever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna still believe that, but but everything else the Bible says, I, I'm into that. It, yeah. it it can easily become a slippery slope of of making excuses, of yeah. make you know of of being like yeah you know, but it's not really a big deal if I believe you know this kind of thing. Like it's as as Doug said earlier, it's going to inhibit your growth because it's setting up barriers between you and Christ. Yeah. Everything that you are choosing to believe that is against what Jesus says is is setting up just a, 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 it's 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 setting up a piece of your heart that you're saying, uh, "Lord, not that." Yep. That's still me. That's mine. You can have the rest. And then it's it starts just getting chipped away. Yeah. Um yeah. This this lends meaning to to the the words that Jesus said when he said, no one who's unwilling to give up father or mother mm-hmm. or sister or brother in order to follow me is fit for my kingdom. And that sounds like a really harsh word. Jesus says, you got to be willing up, willing to give up everything in order to follow me. 
But that really is not, it's not a harsh statement from Jesus. It's just a very sobering Mm -hmm. statement. It's just an honest statement where he's saying, you cannot have all the things that are tied to a broken world and have me and all my glory at the same time. You can't have both. You must, you must decide. Um, of course, we're not saying, like, we turn our backs on the world. No, we're called to love the world. We're called to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. We're called to care for them. We're called to share Christ with them. All things that you can't do to your full potential if you don't fully uh, sort of uh, dive into that relationship with Jesus. So uh, this is a, a big one to end on because it, it actually kind of brings us full circle back to the pride thing. Yeah. You cannot serve both God and yourself. You can't serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and the world or the culture. Uh, you simply can't do it. Now, you can serve God and serve others, but you cannot make both God and others your master, the authority of your life. This is big. Yeah. Let's end with a with that really strong note. We <laughs> usually end with some doable steps, but we had some some good ones kind of sprinkled in there. Uh, again, we'll put this list of, of pitfalls up in the show notes so that you can reference those back. Uh, should we recap them real quick before we sign off? Do so. First one was pride. You can't grow if you've got too much pride because it'll stand in your way. If you think you know it all, you can't learn. Uh, second is complacency. Uh, it's not If it's not a priority, it's not going to happen, your spiritual growth. Next is laziness. Uh, if you're spiritually lazy, you're not willing to do the things that are required, you'll never make it to spiritual maturity. Uh, fourth is setting goals without systems. Don't just know where you want to go, but start building a plan for how to get there, uh, and we can help you do that. Uh, next, trying to do it all on your own, all on your own. Major pitfall. God calls us to grow in the context of a family and not as just single individuals. And lastly, desiring the approval of others over the approval of God. Yeah. All right, everybody, thanks for listening or watching. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.